ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, July 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got a lot to get into this afternoon. Of course, we will get your phone calls in. We'll do that all hour. Marshall football starting the news today. And let's start with eight players recognized by Phil Steele. Phil Steele in his 2020 preseason all-conference USA team. Now, you start off with linebacker Tavante Beckett, then offensive lineman Kane Madden. You've got the punt returner, Talit Keaton, and the running back himself, Brendan Knox. They selected to the first team. You have defensive lineman Darius Hodge named to the second team. Tight end Xavier Gaines and defensive back Stephen Gilmore picked for the third team. And offensive lineman Alex Millette makes the fourth team. Now, if you look at everything... If we get a football season, there are some guys that are poised to have, I think, some outstanding seasons if we can get to the point where we can have a football season. Now, Beckett, Keaton, and Knox all earned postseason first-team all-league honors last season with Knox getting the Conference USA's most valuable player distinction. And Beckett, he had 121 tackles. That's league high. Madden was a second-team pick by the CUSA coaches. All four were also first-team preseason all-conference picks, and that's according to Athlon. Hodge gained second-team Athlon preseason all-league picks. Hodge placed the, get this, 8.5 tackles for loss, seven sacks in 2019. Uh, Gaines had 27 catches, 306 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, these are some guys, if we can get to the season, they're going to have some good, outstanding opportunities here. I mean, especially look at, of course, that first team with Phil. Devontae Beckett, I think he's going to have an outstanding season if we have a season. Kane Madden, I'm looking for big things out of him. Of course, Talit Keaton is a weapon. You just watch out for him where he's at. And then, of course, Brendan Knox is just a guy. He's just a worker. Just goes out there, grinds, he works, and he makes things happen. And I like that my guy, Alex Millette, is getting some love. Who doesn't love Alex Millette? Really, seriously, who doesn't love Alex Millette? I mean, he's your favorite player, Spencer Dupuy, producer of this show this afternoon. He's your favorite player. He's also the guy most likely to look like Spencer Dupuy in a survey. That's what I was about to say. I've We've been told, mostly by the former intern now, HD media writer Luke Creasy has it's really his thing. He really said, you know, Spencer, you look like Alex Millette. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's true. Now, no one's going to mistake you for Alex Millette when you put the two of you close together. Oh, no. I mean, you could be like cousins. No one's going to say, hey, they're, I mean, you're not going to walk down the street tomorrow and say, hey, uh, there's, uh, there's Alex Millette and people are pointing at you. That's not going to happen. 
Oh, heck no. But they go, hey, you kind of look like Alex Millett. Yeah, it was more like two or three years ago. But, I mean, he's got access to um, state-of-the-art weight facility. That I don't. You don't. So no shame there, Spencer. No shame. No shame. You know what? If there was a Phil Steele's 2020 All-American College Radio broadcasters list, you'd be on it. Don't don't worry. Wow, thanks. thanks. You, you, I mean, yeah. I think you would not even be 14. You'd be higher. Okay. That was, was a compliment. I man. know. I that was know. a compliment. You, you're, like, you're shocked. I was saying, okay. <laughs> take that in stride. Yeah, take that, man. Take that. You know what? I'll use that line on uh, your evaluation Friday. I mean, it's not that that's part of it, but the evaluation is not for a little bit. Is it Friday? No, that's no Thursday. Thursday. Thursday's our conference. Okay. Okay. I'll save our it. Midterm conference. I'll save it for the final. By the way, um, bad news for um, for youngsters like Spencer. Um, commencement ceremony scheduled for August 8th has been canceled. So the university getting the word out today because wanted to make sure that enough time passes so students who were making their way back or needed to travel long distances would not go to all the effort for nothing. So it has been canceled. It was delayed from May 2nd due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So President Gilbert called the decision incredibly difficult and said the university will honor the class of 2020 at the winter commencement plan for Saturday, December 12th. That is tentatively scheduled for Mountain Health Arena here in downtown Huntington. Now, the reason this was canceled, at the time, you push it back because you thought, okay, COVID-19 infection levels were going to remain pretty low. We could have more people gathering. And then spring break happened and States opened up and people went to Corona parties and hung out on the beach. And then now look at us. So if you want football, put your mask on. That's my public service announcement for today. If you want football, put your mask on. It's simple. It really is. It's it's not. It's it's an, it's a small inconvenience. I mean, I'm saying this to you as someone who enjoys sports as much as you do. Someone who wants to see football, someone who wants to see basketball, someone who wants to see some of these fall sports that we're not going to get to see now. Some conferences are limiting what we will see. Other conferences not making their mind up just yet. Still, some are on the fence with some half decisions. We'll get into all of that. But these are some things that really we should be thinking about as sports fans Do we want sports? Well, yes, we want sports. So how do we get what we want? Put the mask on. Inconvenience yourself for the betterment of the health situation right now. We get sports back. I want things to go back to normal. I don't think we're going to have normal. And I'm not going to use the term new normal. I'm not going to use that. I, I don't want to say the new normal, but things are different now. Things have changed and I would like to get back to some semblance of the way we used to have things. It's never going to be 100%, and I get that understand. Things are going to change. Maybe some things for the better, maybe others for the worse right now. But in the midst of all of this, if we can get past it, I think we're going to be better for it. And how do we get past it? Simple. 
do what is required. I mean, nobody nobody questioned the the wisdom of what Marshall's been doing as far as their quarantining, as far as they're putting their masks on and doing everything to try to keep the transmission to zero. And since those initial tests that came back positive, have you heard of a single case with the football team coming back? No, you haven't. And so they're doing their part so they can make things happen. They're trying to do everything they can to stay healthy and to do this. But again, it's going to come down to a lot of factors. Some of it's going to be outside of Marshall's control. Some of it, not so much. The power conferences, of course, are going to have a huge say in what's going to happen here. Because if the SEC is not playing and the ACC is not playing, you think Conference USA is playing? You think Conference USA is going to go out there and and try to go it alone? I mean, right now we've got no conference football out of conference, no out of conference football for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. We'll talk more about what's happening with the ACC, the SEC. We'll get into some of the things that are, are going on there. And, of course, we've got some golf news of the day. We'll talk about that. Get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I'm Paul Swan. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Yeah, we're going to lead with golf today. That was where we are going to begin. We were going to start off with golf. The Marshall football, not so fast, Paul. We got some stuff, too. I mean, these two stories came out within minutes within each other. Minutes. What, two minutes? Spencer Dupuy with the stats. Stat boy. You're like you're like stat boy from um, Pardon the Interruption. Well, I just pulled up my email. Okay. Oh. Scott Hall, 4.33 p.m., Marshall <laughs> University Athletics, Parks wins 97. Then 4.35 p.m., Courier, comma, Jason Marshall football. So Scott beat him to it by two minutes. Yeah, but, but you, then Marshall football overrides that. Do so. you think the golf email went out and then the football email was like, eh, you know what? Actually, Let's just go ahead and send this out. That's been known to happen to where they get stuck in their server thing. <laughs> oh, it just happened to be stuck. No, like, it, it's ha- like during a winter sports season, I remember they were, like Jason had said he sent out something out, and then somebody else sent something out, and their like, server pushed one first, and then the other went in the outbox, and then he had to go send that again. You, you think the listeners care about these servers right now? No. Okay, just just checking. By the way, uh, as um, as Spencer did mention, um, Carrie Parks, she wins the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship. She finished the three-round event, three under 207, and she's going to be on the program coming up tomorrow. 5.30 will be when she'll be on the program tomorrow. So looking forward to talking to her. Uh, she ended the event with a 15-stroke lead. She rocked it. It was played at the Berry Hills Country Club in Charleston. She rocked it. 15-stroke lead. And uh, Torn, this is pretty good. You get two Marshall players on the list. Torn Kaleski, fifth. Did I get that right, Spencer? Kaleski. 
Okay, you're, 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 we're going with it until further notice. All right, so hey, you get one in five. That's pretty good. One's what you're shooting for. You want to you have that happen a lot. So she wins. We'll have her on the program coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to talking to her. Uh, also, um, Bill Cornwell is going to be, believe it or not, Bill Cornwell is coming in studio tomorrow. Talk to him today. Uh, we were social distancing, but he's going to come in studio tomorrow. And uh, we've got something coming up as well. So, you know, we just don't bring Bill in just for fun. No, um, we're going to talk to um, Jim Host. Jim Host is going to be on the program tomorrow. I believe we're going to do that at 5.15. So that's what's coming up tomorrow on the program. Looking forward to talking to those individuals. And Bill's coming in the studio. I mean, that's going to be pretty cool. I haven't done a show with Bill since the last Marshall home basketball game. What's that? Florida Atlantic, February. Yeah, okay. It's in February. I haven't done a show with Bill since February. So I'm looking forward to that. Spencer's like stat boy today. He's on top of his game. I'm 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 appreciative of that. So where are we with sports? I've got my schedule up on my prep sheet right now. I do. I'm still anticipating something. I mean, if I have to, I'll edit this thing, but I've got my schedule on the prep sheet right now. I was doing broadcasting arts and crafts last night. You know what that is, Spencer, the broadcasting arts and crafts. The listeners might not know, but you know what broadcasting arts and crafts are. Um, It's charts, it's spotting boards, uh, it's prep sheets, uh, things like that. If you're a play-by-play guy, you have your spotting board. If you're someone like me, you have maybe your your notes. Of course, that means um, getting the preseason magazines and – doing all the research, kind of looking ahead. If there's going to be a season, you kind of want to at least know a little bit about what's going on, who you're going to talk to. And I've got my schedule up, and I'm, I'm anticipating. You know, Conference USA, I don't know if Conference USA is going to go and say, we're done. Or if Conference USA is going to come back and say, okay, a non-conference is going to be eliminated. I don't know if Conference USA makes that decision. I think Conference USA waits for the other leagues to make that decision because if Conference USA comes out and says, "Hey, you know, we're we're not um, we're not going to do non-conference," and ACC decides, uh, you know, we're we're doing non-conference, we're we're going to try to pull this thing off, then Marshall loses Pittsburgh. I mean, that's that's a big one there. And if the uh, AAC comes out and says, hey, "You know, we're not going to do non-conference." Okay, then Marshall loses out a game there. The MAC, the MAC might wait and see what's going on. The MAC might come out and say, "Hey, we're going to do conference, or we're only going to do that. We're going to eliminate non-conference." Don't know what they're going to come up with. I mean, but really, the road games. If Marshall lost the road games, uh, the the game against East Carolina is going to be special. That would hurt. With Ohio, you can reschedule Ohio. You'd hate to lose that game, but. I think you could overcome it by the fact that they're going to get them, just get them back on the schedule. I mean, it's a it's a good partnership between Marshall and Ohio. Then you got Pittsburgh, and you hate to lose that one, and Boise State. And, and again, every day my mind changes. Are we going to have this? Or are we not going to have this? And I just don't know. But the SEC is one step closer to maybe getting rid of of non conference. They're one step closer. Not the full, full decision, 
But I think they're they're inching towards it because they announced today that they're going to postpone the start. Now, this isn't eliminating non-conference. This is postponement. But again, that means maybe you lose some games, you're going to have to rework some games. But they're going to postpone the start of volleyball, soccer, and cross-country through at least August 31st. And the league is saying that the decision is going to provide additional time to prepare for the safe return of competition on an adjusted timeline. The delay includes all exhibition and non-conference games. So that's where the SEC is at right now. And they're trying to figure this thing out. And they're saying that any rescheduling of non-conference contests impacted by the postponed start of the fall season in volleyball, soccer, and cross-country will be determined by each school. So they're going to leave it up to the schools. You get a non-conference game, you can you can work that back in. You can put that into the schedule. You're free to do so right now. But here's when competition may begin, and it's going to be at least August 31st where the moratorium is on this. And the SEC, I'm sure, is just holding its cards a little closer to the vest trying to figure out what is going to happen. Because once the SEC goes, the ACC is going. The Big Ten was just coming out and saying, look, we're not waiting. We're the Big Ten. We'll we'll do what we think is best. We're not going to wait on everybody else. So we're just going to go and say what, what it is we want to do. And then the Pac-12 might as well follow. So that leaves the ACC. That leaves the Big 12. And that leaves the SEC. I don't think the Big 12 is going to be next in line to make that decision. I could be wrong. But I think we're waiting here for the SEC. You might see all three of them come out around the same time because they've got to be talking to each other as far as the commissioners and and the the league officials. They've all got to be talking to each other every single day what they're doing. But if you're postponing – I mean, football, you can probably get away with this statement right now because for the most part, not too many schools have week zero games. Week zero is – a new concept for the most part. And you're not seeing everyone do it just yet. Because again, you have to get sort of a, it's sort of more of a, it's special. There's got to be a a reason. It's like an understood, okay, here's when the season starts. This is sort of understood. Gentleman's agreement, maybe. Try to link this up. But Marshall, East Carolina might be one of the, the few games that we get in because if the American and Conference USA don't pull non-conference games, you know unless there is something that's going to prohibit these two teams from playing, this game's going to happen. And that could change every day. And, of course, I, I reserve the right to be honest and say, look, I don't know. and If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. But I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to score points here on this. And here's something to keep in mind. If you've got conferences that are saying, we're getting rid of the non-conference schedule, and not everyone's doing it, if it's not uniform, then you're going to have some schools and some leagues trying to fill those dates. So all of a sudden, you could have some some schools, some matchups that you, you weren't expecting or you never thought you would get. I mean, that's a strong possibility. And that includes week zero. 
keep that in mind. If a school feels like they need to make an adjustment, week zero all of a sudden might not be this vast open space that Marshall in East Carolina almost solely occupy. It might become populated with a few more schools. Of course, the whole thing about week zero, the whole thing about this was, this was something East Carolina, it was being done for television as well, but it was a, a gesture. Hey, we think this game's important. We're, we're going to play this game on week zero. We think this is important because the connection that we have with Marshall, the schools have a connection. I mean, say what you will about East Carolina. It should be nice. Whatever you say, say what you will, but it should be nice. I mean, that's an institution, that's a university that has a a marker marking the event that happened with the plane tragedy. I mean, that that's a university that I mean, you can't say anything really. You can't say anything. You 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 appreciate the the rivalry. You you appreciate the shared history. You appreciate the bond that has grown, and so this is what made that game special. Is because East Carolina. I mean, sure they want to beat the herd. Comes right down to it. You want to beat the herd, but that's the point. You're back to the point where you know wins and losses. That's what matters. But they were doing something special, and now that that could be populated with some other schools. And we'll talk about one school in particular that's looking at even doing a week zero game. And that could be an option for some other conferences. Again, we don't know where the dominoes are going to end up, how many are going to be left standing, if they're all going to fall. But one school is looking at options to replace games lost. And this could be a trend we might start seeing soon if we don't get anything uniform as far as if schools are going to play or not, if conferences are going to allow schools to play. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, if you're looking for a game right now, you're thinking anything is possible. And there are some schools right now that are either going to be trying to fill some vacancies in their schedule or they're going to not be playing non-conference. It could be a mixture of both. There could be just a limited amount of, of schools available. And one school that's trying to figure out what their options will be, or at least if there are some options out there, is TCU. So TCU, season opener against Cal, got canceled. And now they're looking at replacement opponent for their September 5th week one slot, or they're even looking at week zero. No, that's Marshall, East Carolina territory here. Get your own week. And that's that's a big deal right now. That was going to be a signature showcase we're starting football back, and here's Marshall right, right out the gate, kicking things off here. Now TCU's trying to, trying to horn in on this, and you know they're talking. Here's some possibilities for them. This is what they're thinking. This is what they're thinking. This is 
Jeremiah Dante. Donate. Jeremiah Donate, TCU's athletic director. Here's what uh, their athletic director is, is looking at. Alabama. TCU Alabama. Yeah, okay. BYU. TCU BYU. Okay. TCU Liberty. Yeah, there you go. Uh, TCU Texas A&M. And did you imagine week zero Alabama TCU? Could that be a thing? They are... Um, they're talking to everybody right now. They're they're trying to find a game. Quote. Again, this is Jeremiah Donati, athletic director, TCU. Everyone who has had or will have a game canceled in the immediate future is possible at this point. Right now, we don't know if we're going to even see games the first week of August, second week of, I'm sorry, first week of September, last week of August. It'd be great if we saw games first week of August. But we're not, we're not sure. We're, we're not sure. We're, we're not sure. I mean, honestly, it could be the first game we see for Marshall could be in October. And that depends on if Conference USA says, okay, you can have non-conference games. But then what if East Carolina says, we can't because the Americans said no? Then does Marshall start scrambling for an opponent? So is it going to be Marshall, maybe Marshall TCU here? Not the same ring, but didn't hit me in the fields the way the other one does. But still, I mean, that's that's some of the possibility. You've, you still get athletic directors that are looking at, okay, we got to fill the schedule. we got to fill the schedule. And there are still some that are saying, look, this isn't going to happen. And we don't know where we're at on this spectrum from got to find some games here, we got to fill some slots here to not happening. Not, I mean, the SEC right now holding the cards close to the vest. Big Ten just came out and said, look, we'll do this thing conference, no non-conference action. We're going we're gonna to do this thing. We think we can handle it within our conference. And maybe they can. Because the Big Ten, you're looking at some pretty big schools here. And with some pretty big schools, lots of resources. Resources, maybe some medical schools here. Easier to do testing. Easier to get everyone on the same page. Okay, this is what the Big Ten guideline is. This is what we do. This is how we handle this. These are the protocols and the guidelines everybody must abide by. And that's easy to do. You can do that, real simple. Because here's where the NCAA is failing. What does the NCAA do? Seriously, answer me this question. What does the NCAA do? What is the point, the purpose right now of the NCAA? Is the NCAA leading on this issue? No. Is the NCAA Offering guidance, I mean, really solid, strong guidance. Here's what you need to do. No. It's pretty much, we're leaving it up again because conferences are like serfdoms. They're like city-states. They're like, it's like the 13 colonies all over again here. 
I mean, it's yeah, states' rights here, just about. Everybody's got a, a different way to go about things because you don't have one unified body. And we're going to find out real soon if baseball can pull this thing off. They're up first. Baseball's up first. Playing ball. You know when we're playing ball? I mean, they're already having inter, inter-squad scrimmages. You know, you know what we're doing here? We're playing on Saturday, July 18th. We've got an exhibition game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. 7 o'clock is going to be the airtime. And then on Monday, July 20th, Pittsburgh's going to Cleveland. And then Cleveland's going right back to Pittsburgh on July 22nd. I don't know why they just don't play a, a doubleheader. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you start in Pittsburgh, then you go to Cleveland, and you come back. And then um, Pittsburgh will have Pittsburgh will have regular season action. We will begin on Friday, July 24th, St. Louis series. That'll be your first real baseball. And we're going to have the Yankees and who are the Yankees playing? Spencer, who are the Yankees playing? My World Series champion, Washington Nationals. 6 p.m. airtime coming up on Thursday, July 23rd, right here at ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. You knew I was going to let you say that. I knew it. Yeah. Right after the show, too. Yeah. You knew it right after the show? I mean, I knew it was scheduled for 6. Okay, yeah. Or the airtime was 6. Yeah, you knew that. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. Part. All right. Well, we, we're getting off trail here. We'll get back on the trail. Let's, let's land the plane here a little bit. So, yeah, we're going to see what happens here. We got baseball first. Baseball's coming up. I don't even have an NBA schedule yet, so I can't truly give you an idea of what our NBA coverage is going to look like. But that's where I'm at right now, trying to figure out what we've got because – I mean, we got games. We got we got games coming up. We got baseball. We have the NFL still acting like it's going. Until further notice, the NFL happens. And if we're still going here, the NFL happens sooner than later. Because we're talking August. We're talking middle of August. And, of course, we've also got hockey that's going to be happening here sooner than later. And we've also got the NBA that's going to be ramping back up. We already have motorsports that are, are going as we speak, and that seems to be successful for the most part. I haven't heard really any problems there. And we have we have tennis competition happening at the Greenbrier. We have soccer at all different levels happening. We have the Premier League. We have Serie A. We have all the different levels of soccer. Uh, we have women's soccer. We have lots of sports that are, are being able to pull this off, but there are some differences here. Soccer isn't as full contact as football. Soccer can can do this a little bit better. You would think. I know there's been problems, though, with some of the MLS clubs. There's been some problems here because it all comes down to how much does someone really want to isolate and quarantine themselves? How much can you do that? And I don't know how that works in football, college football. I don't know how that works. Because are you going to have to isolate 
these student athletes from are you, do you put them in a bubble is the only way you can play the game and I'm not even speaking about fans being in attendance but is the only way you have college sports is to put student athletes in a bubble does that mean they can't leave their campus bubble does that mean their meals are going to be brought to them cafeteria campus like mini campus within campus are they going to be Separated from the student body, will there be students on campus? If they're going to be taking their coursework through Zoom or video conferencing, you know, maybe you can pull this off a little bit and you can keep them away from the student population. You can keep them from the drum because how do you quarantine a kid on campus? If because you're gonna have to trust that everyone else on campus. If you have classes at all on campus with students, you're going to have to trust that everyone else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And honestly, I mean, if Kane Madden, if you tell him to put a mask on, Kane Madden's going to put a mask on. You tell Brendan Knox, hey, you you need to put a mask on and social distance so you can go out there and, and score touchdowns on people. Knox is going to do it. Alex Millette? He'll do it. He's going to do it. These guys are going to do it. All these guys. Because they understand. They don't want to get sick either. And they understand that if you're going to play this, you got to go by some certain health protocols and some standards here. But that's the big question. How do you pull this off with student-athletes? Because you don't know what August is going to look like. You don't know what September is going to look like. You don't know what... October is going to look like. And it's one thing to take all the NHL teams that are in the postseason, the qualifying round, and then the teams that have already advanced to the Stanley Cup and lock them up in Edmonton, put them in in there, put them in a bubble city. It's easy to do that. A lot easier. It's a lot easier than trying to trust that you can keep these student-athletes Safe. And then you got to trust that the other college football team is doing the same thing, the other school. So that means probably a lot of conversations between Marshall and East Carolina, Marshall Pittsburgh, Marshall Ohio, Marshall Boise State. And of course, the conference schools, you would hope that there would be some sort of uniform standard that the conference would have a protocol that each conference member must follow. Mandatory. This is how it goes if you want to play this fall, this is what it looks like. I don't know how you do that, just it. What the game plan is going to be. Because that means you're going to have to keep these kids isolated. I mean, you're going to test, have to test nonstop, and you're going to have to keep them isolated. Do you condense the season? I mean, maybe that's a goal here. Like, okay, we're going to condense the season. It's going to be a couple months. Get it all in. That could be done. That's a serious option there. Just a couple months, get it all in. Condense it. It's done. Outside of a championship game, outside of, and do you do bowls? That's that's the big question. Of course, the college football playoff, that's going to happen. Because if there's some sort of college football season, I'm pretty sure they'll figure that out. And the way that's spread out, you could 
you could realistically isolate these these kids, put them up, bubbles, bubble cities. You could possibly do it. I just don't see how it happens right now. And there are some, again, on the spectrum we've talked. Yeah, either it's not happening or I need games. I need a game. And if you see some conferences say we're going and other conferences saying we're going to go conference only and then some leagues saying we're not going at all. What happens, though, is one of the big ones say we're not going at all, it's going to open it up. You're just waiting for, really, the SEC, that's going to be the real barometer here for what happens. No offense to the Pac-12. No offense to the Big Ten, even though the Big Ten, I think, opened the door. I think the Big Ten got ahead of it and opened the door, and the Pac-12 jumped. The Big 12, I don't know if if they say, hey, we're not doing this, if that's going to open the door for the SEC. I think it's got to be the SEC that opens the door. Or maybe the ACC. I, I don't know. But I'm more I'm more in line with the SEC opening the door and saying, look, this is what we're doing. And all the other conferences, I'm not going to say follow in line, but this could possibly be the, the catalyst for everything. And we'll find out here. We don't know when, but that's where we're at right now. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We're driving along here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally tonight, story that was posted to um, WCHS and WVH's Facebook page, CJ Harvey. Try to get him on, but he's um, he's got to get um, he's got six o'clock duties. He's got he's busy guy. He's got six o'clock duties, and uh, the story was with the NFL's Washington Redskins changing its name over concerns that is offensive to uh, Native Americans. Could local schools follow? And of course, you dial up, you dial this one up, Hurricane and Sissonville. And without reading you the entire story. The gist of the story is there's little discussion of changing the mascots for Sissonville or for Hurricane. And a lot of the concern is that, one, it's maybe not feasible economically because a high school can't just pull the money out of the bank and go, okay, we're going to change everything. And you don't see really that much of a push. From the community. So that's basically the mindset right now is financially it would be hard on the high school to change everything. I mean, if you get a high school that at turfs uh, its field, new turf, you spend a lot of money, you're not just going to pull that right up because all of a sudden you're changing the logo. I mean, you can in the NFL, but you can't do that at high school. So there are some financial considerations. Yes, I understand that. Uh, I'm just going to read some of the comments because, again, um, sometimes I read the comments. Don't, don't, don't read the comments. Don't, 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 just don't. Um, Here's one. I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to scroll down. Uh, It's all pathetic. Again, comments to the story about Hurricane and Sissonville. 
saying that there's little discussion or mascot change. It's all pathetic and uncalled for. Thanks to the Democrats for changing our history for a bunch that doesn't respect our troops that have and are fighting for our freedom. And because of your political agenda, you're taking more and more of our freedom away. That's a real, it's a real comment. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to figure out. There's discussion that maybe Hurricane Assistant Bill should change their mascots, and all of a sudden we're taking, uh, we're taking free, we're disrespecting the troops. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm not going to add to this. I'm just going to uh, let's see. Um, uh, here's one: um, the five-year rule in West Virginia. Anything that happens, any cultural or social significance and or change happens at least five years after the fact in West Virginia, whether it be fashion, social issues, etc. We really live in an isolated bubble that's resistant to change in many ways. The good old boy network is alive and well in small town West Virginia. Don't ruffle feathers or you'll be outcast. Yeah, that's a real, that's okay. That's a real comment here. Um, this is one WCHS stop publishing trouble. Why do you even bring it up? To, to be fair, I am not going to share what I said to CJ Harvey today, but I, I don't know. I could be mistaken for that comment because, um, I just, um, I just pointed out what he was getting himself into with that story. Um, okay, here's one. Um, let's see. Uh, the school board needs to grow up hair and tell these snowflakes they're not wasting taxpayers' money doing a name change because they're offended. Uh, let's see. Here's one. This issue is so stupid. If the Native Americans aren't offended, then those protesting are just a bunch of brainless bullies. Stand up against the idiots. They really are very ignorant. Here's one. <laughs> the part that annoys me, not the fact they're changing a name, the caving in at the whining of a few. All right. Uh, let's see what else can I come up. I mean, there's like almost 300 of these things. Um, here's one. Do you seriously believe that anyone would move out of the state because hurricane sports teams are the Redskins and Sissonville is the Indians? I mean, I know that the snowflake crowd is offended by everything, but come on. Oh my God. Do you realize that Point Pleasant are... You, you know what the nickname of Point Blessing is, right? Okay. We're going to leave it there. I'm, I'm losing my voice on this. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition here. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Spencer. It's a little loud, don't you think, Spencer? Thank you. For our producer, Spencer Dupuis which you wouldn't have heard a second ago, but they jacked the music up. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. 
We'll be back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now you can turn it up. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.